You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polendo. In just a few days, we'll be celebrating Mother's Day in the United States. And to all of our listeners who are mothers, and for those who are able to celebrate their mothers, we hope you have a fantastic day. We want to recognize that some of you might be missing your mothers this year, and others of you maybe want to become mothers. We simply want to acknowledge you and let you know that we consider you part of our tribe too. So now I invite you to listen to our conversation about motherhood based on our experience. And our newest mother on the podcast, Meredith, will be interviewing Taylor and myself to talk about our experience. Hope you like it. I mostly just wanted to just like give a quick tidbit to people out there. I am terrified of this upcoming motherhood process. Um, And, but also at the same time being eight months pregnant, I feel that I'm harnessing some sort of like bearish quality that is reducing my fear at the same time. So I'm simultaneously the most scared I've ever been of something and knowing that I can hit tackle tackle this thing that's before me. Well, because I right. must, there's no option. It's just, I got to do it. With that being said, if there's anyone out there that is wants to be a mom or is about to be a mom or is in a position like me, I'm the new mom asking the questions of the already being moms, which I would also note both of these women have had multiple pregnancies and being eight months pregnant, just that alone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How you have done this. I have a whole newfound respect for you in my 10 plus years of knowing you both. I am. Wow. Just I don't have that. the words. Don't have the words. Don't have the communication for this communication <gasps> podcast. Before I guess I jump into your questions. Can you each tell us a little bit about your family and your role as a mother and about your kids a little bit? Yeah, we have three kids, 27-year-old man, 25-year-old woman, 22-year-old man. So they're not even kids, right? Mm -hmm. They're all great. They're all trouble. They're all warped by me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, kids. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I have two boys. They are three and eight months. And they are the reason that you're a little bit sick today, I understand. Oh, yeah. They always take me down first. (laughs) Yeah, which you'd think that they would not do that because you're their only friend, right, in this world. You know, that's rude. Okay, so we have ranging from baby, toddler to adult. Mm-hmm. And I am in the stage of who even knows what this child looks like because they are still <laughs> really nice and cozy inside. And I am looking forward to their exit. Am I? I don't know. That's probably not exit. a good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably the one thing I didn't think enough about, about becoming a mother. <laughs> the exit. <laughs> yeah. The exit. <laughs> okay. We'll jump right in with some questions. I'm curious what a first memory is when you first felt mom. I think of a few different things. So I kind of question going through miscarriages, the mother and loss and like that kind of feeling. But then I think I initially go to like Mama Bear and it was a nurse. We were in the hospital. I had my first son at home by accident, but then we went to the hospital and I don't know who it was, 
but a woman came in and she was very rough and she was in like an, a mood. She was not having a good day. Something was going on. And she just handled him like so roughly and was kind of abrasive. And I just was looking around and I just wanted to get out of that bed and like punch her in the face. So that was kind of like rage. Like, Mo- don't, mother bear. Don't, the first- don't be rough with my newborn. Like, what is your deal, lady? I was, um, I was not pleased. So it took a lot to kind of like, I don't know, hold it back. But that was the first, I guess, the protection, hmm. the first feeling. I don't, is that a terrible story? No. no. I mean, there's a lot of stories going on behind there, like had a kid at home on accident, you know, which we can go <laughs> oh. to another day, but you know. <laughs> I have a fun fact to share with y'all that I don't know. I think both of you know this, that I've never had a positive pregnancy test. Do you remember that? No, no yes. I did not know that. Yes. yes. So... So here's the thing, you know how in life you make fun of things and then they become true for you? Because I always was like, how many, you know, you need a six pack of pregnancy tests. Nobody needs that. You know, and there I am buying the six packs, you know, so it's like whatever you say in life that you're not going to do, you're doing. And one thing that is just unique to me is that I do not have the hormone levels high enough initially on pregnancy to register it. Interesting. Even in the doctor's office, negative. And so, and the doctor said on the first one said, so go home. And then later, if you thinking you're pregnant, maybe you can come back. And I'm like, I pay you. Do I pay you at the end of this appointment? Because that seems kind of surprising that you're just letting me go home. Go pay zero today for that. Thank you. My friend Gina gave me more useful information than that. (laughs) He sat me down and said, you are pregnant. This is what's happening. Uh, But that was true through all of them. So I never sort of knew. So when you're talking about earliest memory, I always had a lot of uncertainty. Even if we were trying to have a baby, it was like, well, there's a big maybe out there until we get a lot more confirmation way down the road. So how long does it take till? Yeah. Well, when you find a heartbeat, you know, that's. Oh, yeah. So like. Early. What's that? Eleven weeks? Ten weeks? Yeah, something around that. Wow. Okay. Wow. Interesting. First, first mom. Which, uh, which is really, by the way, side note, really excellent as an example of a false negative when you teach college students. So I use it when I teach my courses and and want to teach false negatives. They're terrified of that example. That you could be pregnant and have a pregnancy test that doesn't register it. That's terrifying. I was a little younger hearing that. I would not be happy to hear that story. Is that your first feeling of feeling mom, knowing like just being confident that that was that was actually happening, even though what was being read wasn't? The good news about motherhood is you grow into it. Hmm. It's great that Hmm. the babies don't come out and start running away. You know, I don't think we'd be ready for it. It's a developmental stage by stage sort of thing. Just mm-hmm. like you guys, when I said the age of my children, you're like, oh my gosh, they're men and women. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're people, you know, and it's like, well, you work up to that. Hopefully. Yeah. I hope, I hope there's a little yes. bit of slow progression to that. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into like some more heartfelt, really curious things that I wonder, because I'm wondering a lot of things, I'm wondering if there's a, it's just like a funny story that you have to share about parenting. <laughs> like the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> oh no, Taylor. I feel like I'm not very good at keeping those stories. I always listen to my husband. He'll tell people, like, oh, this is what the kids are doing now. I never think to do that. I don't talk about my kids, I guess, very often. Other than the, I don't know, I guess that sounds terrible too. But <laughs> the right. other than the day-to-day, like, oh, I'm doing this with this person as per usual. When you said that, that first came to mind was my 
I think he was two. I think he just turned two. And he's, we're at a party, Christmas party, and he's crying for cheese and like sobbing. I want cheese. But he had That's cheese fantastic. in his mouth. We're like, just, just close your mouth. It's there. <laughs> oh it's God. like you have it. it. It's in, it's, it's where you want it to be. Just close it. You have the cheese. <laughs> and he would, I want cheese. Just crying, crying, crying. Wow. That's what I, wow. That's the first thing when you said that. That's what I thought of. That's a very, very deep thought right there. That we have the thing Jeez. right in front of us that we're crying about. My <laughs> goodness. <laughs> I thought of actually two stories because, you know, it's me. Oh, so, but you usually call me the cheater. So I just like to point out today cheat. that you're. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to cheat right here and tell two stories. Good. One is about me, and then one is about just the position of parenting young children. The first story is I was out to lunch with some girlfriends that we regularly celebrate birthdays together. And we were having our lunch and somebody said, when did you stop making your child's lunch, you know, for my child, right? Somebody was like, oh, I stopped making it in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. I stopped making it in eighth grade. And I remember thinking to myself, I hope I don't have to answer this question. So you know how when people go around a table and they start providing an answer, but you know your answer you know, so incredibly yes. different from it. Oh, no. So what was great is there were a couple extra people at this luncheon mm -hmm. and they forgot. They stopped talking about it and they never got to me. And I was like, Saved. yes. About 30 minutes later, one of them goes, Pamela, we never heard when you stopped making your child's lunch. Oh, no. And I had to tell them first grade. Oh. <laughs> Which is what they did. They were like, bad mother. You know, oh. they, kind of, they kind of looked at me like, oh, my God. Because one of them had 12th grade, said senior in high school. And which I was like, and they said for nutritional reasons. And I was like, well, oh. You know, truth is everybody's got their own parenting, but I felt in that moment, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to say first grade because they're, you know. Did you think they were going to think like that was a poor decision or they yes. were going to be impressed? No, oh, they're no, not, impressed not impressed by that. <laughs> oh, I, no, I, think I thought everyone was going to be like, oh, the, the golden standard there. No, everybody's got their own standard. So I'm going to just say right here, disclaimer on the story, total respect for whatever grade. I get it. You have, yeah, you everybody's got do. their own thing they're doing, right? For me, I decided to prioritize independence above the assistance. So we put the stuff out and they chose what they wanted. You know, they picked their piece of fruit and their vegetable and whatever. It was pretty early, those have, little kiddos. It's funny. I've awesome. had conversations with people in my adult life about that with laundry. Mm, yeah. Because my brother and I are close in age, but our sister is many years younger than us probably fifth grade. I think my mom made like a laminated piece of paper in the laundry room of how to do your laundry. Nice. And we had to start learning how to do our own laundry. And I remember being like in my like late twenties and learning that people's mothers were still doing their laundry. Oh and yeah. Especially just personal opinion when it was men that were telling me that I was like, wow, yeah. this is a real unattractive quality. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> So one more thing, and, and Taylor, you're about to get into this, where your children will go play over at someone's house and you won't be there for the whole, every moment, right? Mm -hmm. And so the kids will say things without realizing the adult filters we might put on those things. Mm -hmm. So an example of that is I had a friend's son over one time, she had a doctor's appointment and he was like six 
And he walked into our house and he said, yeah, wow, you really don't have decorations up much in this house. That's so <laughs> funny, right? For sure, that is what your mom said, right? So you yeah. have to sort of lead this honest life. So one time I was driving the, the carpool to the gymnastics class. So they were all like three to five years old, little, little gymnast trampoline, you know, carpool. Yeah. And we're driving along and people are like, oh, I have this toy or I have this thing that I like. And, and the car turns very quiet, the van. So imagine that. And the, the little girl says, and we have a lot of Barbie shit. <laughs> and it's, it's just oh. silent oh. in the van. It's just silent. And she said, that's what my dad says about all of our toys. We have a lot of Barbie shit. And if we can't clean it up, then we're, he's going to throw away our Barbie shit. <laughs> and uh oh dad said that <laughs> i was like he for sure said a good friend of ours i was like okay so now begins the honest life or my sister and i would joke about it and just say you have to lead your life like it could be told to your next door neighbor oh no oh no yeah taylor's gonna be in trouble on this yeah my foul <laughs> mouth God, what age is this? Now I'm getting very anxious. It's whenever they can repeat it, but they, but oh, it's before God. they understand you shouldn't tell everyone everything. Yeah, I'm still learning that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my goodness. I don't really, I don't know another way of phrasing this, but I'm just curious. So what does it feel like to be a mom? Hmm. Like what? I have no idea. Like, I know what it feels like to be a sister, a friend, you mm. know, like, what does that mm. feel like? Ah, Taylor and your feelings. <laughs> What's a feeling? Um, okay. I remember when I first had my son, people say, now your heart is on your sleeve. It's the visual. I, it's not a feeling, but I, I picture that, that basically an immense vulnerability mm -hmm. because there's this person that you care about you're just vulnerable because they're, you can't protect them. They're not yourself. You can't protect them in the way that you would protect yourself. Feeling is vulnerable and scary. Is that a feeling? I feel scared <laughs> a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, it's, a, it's all encompassing, Mary. There's so much to it because you feel like you want to do your best and then you're tired. So you don't always, and then you feel excited, and then you feel let down. I don't know. It's it's everything. Roller coaster of feelings. Yeah, like. yeah, for sure. Oh, Dr. K always said that. She's like, you didn't know, but you got on a roller coaster, and it just took off, man. <laughs> well, you can't get off of it, right? Yeah. After you, is that like, your feeling? The roller coaster? No, I no. I would say vulnerability is the first word I thought of. Same as Taylor, I would say that, right. and that's interesting. Being as far ahead. Of in the stages, mm -hmm. that's interesting that I would still say that. Mm, yeah. Oh, God. Does, so it doesn't even change. Go away? It just keeps going. <laughs> well, I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> well, we can get into some of that, but it's the beginning, well, like what you talked about, how you can't control it because it's not you. And mm -hmm. that is parenting. It's a lot of people still try to t control their kids, but it's not really possible to do yeah. that. There's shaping, there's shepherding, there's all these different things you can do developing but at the end of the day there is no guarantee and that makes it extremely vulnerable hmm. there's no guarantee and that makes it yeah wow yeah wow i'm just a little bit more scared thank you <laughs> um so 
switching a little bit from um, questions, a little bit, a little bit of advice. Some advice I'm looking for as a new mother. You've talked many times, Dr. K, about raising people to become independent or at least be able to be functioning. You know, like, of course, we need people. We know all that. But to be able to take care of themselves. And so, oh, yeah. And I don't what mean, if, right. I don't mean it not in relationship. I mean, of it course, independent yeah. As a developed human. Yes, exactly. So well, I'm looking for some advice as a soon to be new mom, or even, even as an aunt, I think about this too, but we're talking about moms. So what would be some advice to harness some sort of, I feel like the word is courage to not, to not helicopter. I think that's the term a lot of people hear or to not like, because if you have too much control over then I fear that I won't allow this person to develop themselves. Right. I mean, how do you, is there any advice to be more of a guide and less of a helicopter or can you think of things or times where you've done that and had to pull back? Mm-hmm. Shoot. I, I feel like this is one I'm learning. I'd like maybe Dr. K you answer first and just teach me. The thing I do currently, I guess, is what can I live with when we're at the park? I can't live with someone taking my kid. So I need to be able to see him at all times, but I can live with him falling down and scraping his knee or getting rejected by the kids. So I can leave distance Mm -hmm. um, and like, let that happen. I guess that's kind of my. It's a question you ask yourself. Attempt. Yeah. The thing that he's doing right now, what's the worst possible outcome? Can I live with that? Yes. No. Take a step back or, or go assist. I think I'm more helicoptery around other people's kids when I don't feel like they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I need to kind of watch my kid more. And then there are some moms who are like, they're fine. And I'm like, okay, great. You feel that way. I feel that way. Let them be. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to kind of navigate that with other parents. So if mm-hmm. they're a helicopter parent, then I feel like I need to intervene because typically my kid's older and mm-hmm. I have the older kid in my group of friends. So I don't know. The troublemaker. Do- yeah, exactly. The one that's going to push them down. <laughs> oh, let's see. What would I say? How to not helicopter? Well, one, I'm not, I don't tend toward that behavior. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I haven't ever done it. I'm just saying that's not something I would want to do or be inclined to do. Mm-hmm. But what I would say, I guess, is what we all know, which is if you helicopter, what is it you exactly prevent from doing that? And we've kind of talked about that on previous episodes and putting our phones on airplane mode and different, you know, what was I going to do if you called me and said you're stranded on on the freeway in Minnesota? Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't know (laughs) what I would do to help. I mean, maybe I could do that, but I don't see it as the top down. I see it as the bottom up. So I don't think helicoptering actually helps them, but I do think when they get into trouble or need or whatever it is, you can help them from the ground up with support. (laughs) Okay. So I don't see it really as helicoptering helping at all. Although I would say in your stage, Taylor, it's a little bit different because there are some things that you can insert and say, yeah, if you do let go of that bar, you will tumble to the ground. So I could get underneath you and catch you should that occur. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a, it's a little different. But as far as them making their adult decisions, there's nothing I can do really. I mean, to affect that, you know, they can make lots of choices, do lots of things. And so then the question becomes, what could I do that would be productive? And it's providing ground support for whatever that need is, whether that's a conversation or a financial need or a 
support of some kind and understanding that that is meaningful to that yeah. kid. It's funny in asking this question of you, Dr. K, I was thinking about conversations. I'm not sure if we've had on the podcast before or just together in life. They all mixed together at um, this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about technology and helicoptering. So oh, there is yeah. options to know where your children are located. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you would put in a helicoptering category if you're going to create someone that can be an independent person? So I know people that do that. And I knew mm-hmm. people that did that when their kids were in high school. And people do it for a variety of different reasons. I'm not trying to say you should or shouldn't do that. Sure. For me, I never did it because I never wanted to speculate when the it didn't make sense. So let's say they left their phone at somebody's house. Mm-hmm. And then I think, oh my gosh, they're not driving home now. They're breaking the curfew. And I could make up a giant narrative about Mm -hmm. that only to find out it's just because I left my phone at my friend's house. I was actually doing all the things you asked me to do. Mm -hmm. So for me, I decided to not do that. But some people do that and they say, okay, good. They made it to work or okay, good. They made it to school. And people do it for a variety of reasons. For me, I felt that it it wasn't actually for them. My decision, mine was for me. So I wouldn't make up any kind of backstory about what I would see on where their location was. So it sounds like with this advice, you guys ask yourselves a lot of questions. Is this something I can live with? Is What, what is this doing for my relationship with my child or as a parent? And if, if there's, sure, there's emergencies and other situations and other mm-hmm. types of, you know, maybe kids that have different types of needs and, and, what, and whatnot. We're just kind of talking on the typical like day-to-day level. Mm -hmm. Another advice question, I think kind of ties a little bit. And if it's too similar, let me know. But I'm wondering how you know how to pick your battles with your kids. (laughs) How do you know, like, okay, no, I'm getting into this one with with you. (laughs) Or yeah, I guess. And we've talked about something similar before. I think Taylor, you've mentioned where if you, something continues to come up for you, then it's important. So if it can, if that, so listen to that also, right. If, yeah. if something continues to come up for me, I'm, I'm don't even have this kid yet. And I'm thinking like manners is going to be something that will be important for me. You know, mm-hmm. like they don't necessarily have to hug everyone. I get, I, I yeah. like the conversation about that on another level of like, okay, but you need to like acknowledge people. How do you know? Like, oh, this is, this is my battle. Like I'm, I'm going to take this one on or pff, I'm leaving that one today. See, I feel like all these questions are like, I'm asking myself this daily, Meredith. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess I love, I don't know if we were even recording or not, but Dr. K, you were saying like we're learning. I look at myself as like the toddler phase because I'm dealing with a toddler. It's, I don't know. I'm just feel very new and I'm like, thank heavens they don't come out as an adult that are going to challenge me and like know everything <laughs> because I'm not ready for that. What I, if they were born and they were like, I have a Harvard PhD oh God, yeah. like, okay. and I don't like, agree with your parenting philosophy. You'd be like, <laughs> you were just born two days ago. Like, you're killing me, right? Killing it's, me small. We work up to these things. <laughs> yeah. So I'm learning. I don't know. I'm asking this question a lot. Parenting books every day, listening to those and they contradict each other. So that's fun. I think about what's important to me, the greeting thing. It's funny, people are trying to talk to him right now and he is not a shy kid, but all of a sudden will get shy. And so I'm like, oh, now I have to teach you how to talk to people. This is new. Okay, what are we doing with this? Yeah, I guess what's important to you, you have to ask yourself, 
talking to people, greeting people, that's a big one for me. So I'm always telling him, wait, you have to acknowledge them. I don't care what you say, I guess. To look at their eyes and answer, give some kind of acknowledgement that they were speaking to you. Picking battles, I guess it's what I have the energy for. Do I have the energy to fight this one? Uh I guess I'm trying to picture him as a teenager. What can I live with? The big ones for me, it's it's hurting his brother right now. He gets so excited and then we'll just like poke him in the eye. I can't, you can't hurt someone. That's a big one for me. You can't hit people. I appreciate that. (laughs) I I think I got poked. (laughs) I'm the baby too. Do you have different expectations on this firstborn? Okay, it's hard for you. Everything has been catered to you. Mm. So I don't know. I just, I do have some expectations on him that you got to, you have to treat a baby gently that's just the rule Mm -hmm. so yeah what I have energy for and I guess what I picture I can live with as an adult I can't picture you hitting people I can't picture you not speaking to other people when they address you or greeting someone like you have to acknowledge the humans in the room Mm -hmm. I guess that's how I pick my battles what can I live with Mm -hmm. down the road yeah. yeah, I would say a lot of things don't matter, unfortunately. And sometimes we pick battles where later, a, a year later, or even a week later, we might say, I can't believe we fought over the shoe like yeah. that much about it. Just put the shoe on, child, you know, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think one thing is I would say everything can't be a battle. So if everything's a battle, then we're, there's no vetting of what would be worth it versus not. Mm-hmm. And I think if you think about battles and wars, I would say what you're talking about Taylor is more about like, what's the war stuff? What's the, what are the big deals? Yeah. And, and I guess what I would say is I don't know that I have a solution except for if you don't do any thinking about that, you're going to fight too many battles probably. Hmm. If you don't have an objective. So an example of that would be something my sister taught me who I got a lot of parenting advice from great parenting advice. And she really influenced me. She, she always used to say your goal is to foster self-control. Hmm. And especially going through through middle school and high school. So the more self-control you have, the less controlling I have to be on you. That's the principle. Yeah. And so all of the decisions after that were about that. If you're controlling yourself and you're doing what you say and you're coming home when we talked about and you're doing the, your responsibilities around the house or keeping up your grades or whatever it is, if you've got yourself dialed in, then I don't need to, to do things. To, but if you're doing things that are out of control, dangerous or harming others or whatever, then maybe I might have to step in. And that kind of, for me, always dictated what needed to be a big fight. Because mm. if you think about it, let's say you have a kid who's doing well in school, whatever that is defined as. And I don't define that as A's. I define it as whatever their ability is. Mm-hmm. So they're doing well. So why are you fighting them about study time? Because yeah. you're already there. There's no battle to have. But I think sometimes people get into battles, unfortunately, when they're maybe not warranted. Hmm. Good point. I think it's really good to have principles, moral principles that you have in place that you can pass on to your kids. Hmm. And I think that helps them navigate a lot of situations. So an example that I would give you is what my kids have called mommy's rule. That's its hmm. name. If you called them today on the phone and said, what's mommy's rule, they would repeat it to you. Oh, what is it? Still today, they would be able to easily articulate mommy. I know Taylor's. I want to know yours. Okay. So yeah, I I remember that one. Um, So mommy's rule is never make anyone aware of what they don't have. Hmm. And that's a moral principle of 
feeling you're better than someone or you have like I have money you don't or I got an invitation to a party you didn't or mm -hmm. I have this accomplishment you don't. I was very strict about that concept and talked about it with the kids growing up saying be careful socially with making people aware of what they don't have. So your your principle in life is not to expose other people's inadequacies or weaknesses or deficits. And mm -hmm. if you do that, you're on the wrong you're on the wrong side. You've got to follow mommy's rule, which is don't make anyone aware of what they don't have. I like that a lot. You can have it, Taylor. You can I'm, use I'm gonna, it. I, I absolutely will. Yeah. It's, it's good because even when you say I have a toy and you don't have it, like it's from a very young, very young age. You yeah. That's really interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Never make anyone aware of what they don't have bragging or yeah it's kind of in an arrogant thing it's there's a lot yeah. of things that tempers against um, even getting along socially just living better with other people but that's if you called them today and said what's mommy's rule they would all be able to repeat it i like mm. that i don't think of what i want mine to be i know taylor can i well, say I taylor can i say well, that's our family rule, but yeah, go, go ahead. It's your family rule? Oh, I feel like it's, it's, yeah. that's it's like the mama's house. rule. It's the house. It's don't be a dick, right? Yeah. I mean, it kind of yeah. goes with what um, Dr. K said, just probably yeah. a little more, <laughs> a little more emotionally, intelligently, maybe. <laughs> Which is kind of what we've been talking about recently, what we're trying to lean yeah. towards. We're so. going we're gonna to grow. Yeah. <laughs> a couple more, a couple more questions. We'll, we'll wrap on a... Are, on you, a, are you getting more hopeful now? You know, I, um, it's not, I the will say podcast, I will say I, I love these conversations and definitely I am very pregnant. So that's why, well, my eyes just started welling up. But the thing that's fun for me is that I get to have mothers like you guys in my life and that I'm excited to learn from still. So I'm really scared, but I'm, I'm really hopeful that I have people like and mothers like you guys in my life and my own mother to be grateful to want to do things similarly, you know? So, yeah. okay. You're going to be a great mom there oh. and I'm excited to learn. I'm excited to learn from you too. The other, <laughs> the other thing to tell you, Meredith, that we haven't talked about yet. And there is a, uh, a fierce sisterhood though, mm. very fierce sisterhood. So you're talking about, that but just remember too let's say your child walked out and almost got hit by a car if there's a mother there i guarantee you she will grab that child i guarantee you she will do yeah. that there's there are certain rules mm -hmm. that are not spoken about that mothers have across the world and it's not just i don't mean just in the us i mean yeah across cultures there's just a protective sort of helpful if you saw a child lost or whatever, we have code that we kind of follow <laughs> yeah. that's written on our hearts. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm looking forward to be part of this code. <laughs> okay. Um, a couple other things. Does your confidence about how you mother, does it change over time? Do you become more confident? Are you in waves? I feel like I'm already nervous. I'm going to be the person that's wow, I'm killing the game this week. And the next week I'm like, I am the worst. Like they should have another mom. 
or something. How does how do you how do you go through that? I guess Dr. K probably you more answer because you have more little more little bit more years of experience mothering. So how do how does your confidence change over time, month to month, right, or week to week even? Ah, uh, I what's funny about your question is as soon as you said do you when you have a feeling like I'm killing it, then that's like right next thing you do, it's going down. Everybody's yeah. getting sick, and you're going to be thrown <laughs> up with you're thrown up with the kids, and nobody's killing anything. Yeah. Right. So there's a part of that question that made me laugh a little because I thought, oh, that arrogance, you know, precedes the fall. But I I would not say that I find mothers to be arrogant, though. I think it's more common that women would say, I'm trying to stay in this or trying to do my best or trying really hard not to screw this up. The hard part about the mothering over time is it's always a new scenario, whether that's a new child, because you can't. Well, you can go into thinking your children are all the same, but they're not. Mm-hmm. You already are seeing differences, Taylor. And mm-hmm. when you have multiple kids, there's a comparison right in front of you. And what worked with one child doesn't work with the next one. So you can be confident, but that you got nothing. Yeah. I mean, you have one child that, that you can take away everything and they will be completely unaffected. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah. that's not a strategy with this particular child. What works here doesn't always work there. And that that makes you maybe not as confident collectively to say it's it's like sometimes. <laughs> sometimes that strategy works. I can even feel that as like a sibling. I know what worked on my siblings didn't work on me. And what worked on me yeah. didn't work on some of my siblings. <laughs> That's an interesting puzzle for any parent, mother, father, whoever to solve. I have to actually know my my people. Mm-hmm. pretty well. Mm-hmm. If I don't know my people and I'm trying the same strategies. There <laughs> certain ones work and don't work on others. Why am I trying the same strategies? That's silly. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, that, that way you said that so you really got to know your people. Oh yeah. You, that actually matters. So, and that's part of the, what you were saying earlier about being curious about your kids and, you know, we don't know what we don't know, but. And understand how they roll and how they would react. My husband and I play a game sometimes because I'm fairly good at predicting. So I'll say, I bet so-and-so is going to call us right now. And and sure, the phone will ring. Or I'll Get say, out. when we talk to so-and-so, one of the kids, uh, they're going to mention this thing. And they'll do it. And he always goes, that is crazy. But it's not because I'm skilled. It's just because I've done the work to find out what it is that is the thing on their mind. Mm-hmm. And understanding that it will be different for all of them at different times. But if you don't talk to your kids, if you don't, you're not in the game, understanding some of what's going on, you can never understand it all. Then you're missing the information you need mm-hmm. to be connected and know your people. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm going to think about that. She's the writing beginning, it down. At the beginning, I just need to... Yeah wipe her butt right like make sure she's clean <laughs> that's how i'm gonna get to know her in the Start beginning with but, the yeah. basics yeah yeah eat and sleep clean hey, did you get a chance to to answer that oh me uh yeah wh- yeah what she said <laughs> uh i i have moments where i'm like we're doing it yes it's happening and then i'm like oh and it all fell apart yeah the, the uh, ride of that yeah so it it's uh it's the confidence, the arrogance thing. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. I thought she said it really well. We'll go with hers. Yeah. One more. 
caveat to throw in there though. Okay. I think sometimes we put our standards too high and we could not ever feel confident because of that. And I would, I would also add that to this conversation to say okay. when I flew with our three kids, five, three, and one by myself Brand and had the here. bags and the diaper bags and all the craziness, right? And we would fly on standby. Oh. I had very low expectations. There will be crying. Mm. There will be, we're going to get to grandma and grandpa's house, but it's, you know, and it's not like I was confident, like, oh, I'm crushing this. I don't think anyone flying with their three small children is going to feel like they're crushing anything. <laughs> but, but it's like, you don't want to set yourself up and say, they're going to be silent and perfect. And everyone's mm. going to, you know, yeah. color their coloring pages and all these things. You know what, just lower that expectation. And then you might have a little more confidence or at least like, hey, this is good enough today. Good enough. Yeah. I like that. You know what? Good enough test. That actually makes me want to ask you a little bit of my surprise question, Oh, which sounds like a lot of what I'm hearing is that we will, as mothers, lack so much control. How do you prepare yourself for the lack of control in every day? (laughs) I am resonating with what Dr. K was saying about like knowing your people. I'll take my oldest like very well. I spent a lot of time with him. I can kind of, I walk through like what his experience is going to be. What does his day look like that day? We were in the sun. He's going to be tired and drained now. He was running around all day. We missed a nap. So just kind of like gauging what was his experience and what do I want our experience to be? And then gauge what I'm going to do with that information. Sometimes I'm like, oh, he had a, a really mellow day. He had a nap. He's eaten. I can have a different expectation of him at dinner than if we were at Disneyland all day. I try to think through his experience and I try not to expect them to be like me. So I'm not going to expect my toddler to sit through an entire dinner. So I like, I don't put him in the seat until right when the food's coming out. I'm like, let's go play outside. I don't know. I just try to think through their experience and what's practical to expect of a small child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being practical. I like this. Okay. I think the other thing is, you can logically conclude certain things will happen. There will be a first car accident. There will be a first girlfriend, boyfriend. There Mm -hmm. will be a friend betrayal. Mm -hmm. There will be a team you tried out for you didn't get on or whatever. There also will be awards. There will be victories. There will be moral displays where you go, wow, that's that kid's like really got it, you know, uh, showed kindness in this moment that where kindness wasn't there or whatever. I think understanding that life will happen. I will say though, it is terribly difficult to watch your child suffer. Hmm. Oh, I feel that. Like that- if you could prevent it, you would have that friend doing that thing or that disappointment or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's, it's theirs. And it's their story they're writing. Mm-hmm. So I don't write your story, they write their story. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do, the pen isn't in my hand. Mm. So what can I do? I can provide them all the things that you were talking about, Taylor. I can provide them a great structure to write their story. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I wonder how I'm gonna And it's do still that. a beautiful story, by the way, with heartbreak. It's still yeah, a beautiful story. I think so. It's just yeah. not the story we want to write. We want to write a story that has no heartbreak in it. It's always those things that have not gone well that have actually produced much bigger victories. As much as I don't like any of the things that have been disappointing. They come before good things very often. Yeah. 
Wow. Being a mom sounds so hard. <laughs> Welcome. Um, I also just wanted a little, a little note to say as imperfect of a mother, I'm sure I'm going to be, and that we all are. I'm really grateful for the imperfect mother I got. Mm. And oh. I hope that she thinks I do a good job at this. <laughs> well, the good news is she knows it's imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so there is that. I'd say, Mayor, for our Mother's Day episode, it's it's hard. You're not alone. Don't give up. I feel like it's hard for people to like grasp what it is to be a mom, and it's your own experience. It's not like anyone else's. We've all felt an array of of all things. So you're not alone. Your experience isn't the same as everyone else's, but don't give up. Thank you. You got it. You got it. So good. Thank you guys. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.